Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. You know that this morning I was home and I was praying, and I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me that there were going to be people here at church today. It could be in this service. It could be in the, in the following gathering. That God has placed a call upon your life. And maybe you were small, you were little, and different things happened, and you sort of like put that on the back, and you said, man, God will never use me. You know, it's better that God will use PC or use Pastor Max or use Pastor Milton or, you know, Diego, all these guys, but that's not for me. And I felt the Holy Spirit told me this morning that today he's going to revive those callings that he's put in your heart. That today is a day that he's going to bring forth and even memories of commitments and things you told to God that you forgot about. Things that might have happened 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and you told the Lord, Lord, I'll serve you with all my heart. I'll give you everything that I have. And the Lord is going to bring that to memory today and say, remember when you told me that? I'm coming to cash in. I'm coming to cash in. I'm coming to see if you're going to make that word that I gave you come to pass. A lot of times because of different things we've gone through in life, we sort of like bury that. You know, and it's like in the sand, you're walking in the sand, and a lot of times you, you see things that are buried. The other day, my wife and I were in the beach, and, uh, and when we got back to, to the room, we were with Hera Lentita. They were on vacation, and they invited us to spend the afternoon there with them. When we got back in the room, my wife is like, where's my phone? And I was like, what do you mean, where's your phone? The last time I saw you, you had your phone. And she goes, I don't know where it is. Now, if you live in the Garcia household, this is a common thing, all right? Either the phone or the keys or the wallet or the card. Sometimes it's the card, you know? And she goes, I don't know where my phone is. And I'm like, where do you think you left it? So I start putting, find my phone, you know, on my phone and trying to hear it, going through all the bags, trying to listen to it. It was nowhere to be found. And she goes, babe, I think I left it at the beach. And I'm like, who's going to go digging for that? You think I'm going to be out there with one of those little metal detectors like that? I'm not going to find that thing. And I'm like, babe, but I love you so much that I'll go out there and I'll start digging in the sand. And I went out there, started looking, and nowhere to be found. And all of a sudden, she goes, babe, I think I left it in one of the folding chairs. And now you left it where? In one of the folding chairs. Where is it? In Harold's car. So I told Harold, we got to go to your car. He goes, no, I left the keys back in the apartment. I'm like, you're kidding me, bro. But we were going back and forth. This took like about an hour and 15 minutes just going back and forth till we found the phone. And when I found the phone, I'm like, babe, here's your phone. And a lot of times there's things that God has done in our life that we lost it in life through situations, through problems, through circumstances, through words that people gave us that sort of buried that thing and you lost it, this is the time to go looking for it. That's what the Holy Spirit says. It's time to find what he called you to do. And I don't know who receives that word, but I just want to be obedient to what he was showing me this morning in prayer. So Father, we just give you glory this morning. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for this amazing time of worship. Thank you for this amazing time of standing in your presence and just pouring our hearts to you. 
And Daddy, God, thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for your deposit in our lives. Thank you for the calling that you've placed in each of our lives, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that we would hear your voice and be obedient to your voice, Lord God. And take the steps knowing that you will be there every step of the way. We honor you this morning and give you all the praise. And God's people sing, amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Let's give it up for the worship team, guys. Amazing, amazing. I love it. All right, so guys, this month we've been in a series called Uphill Habits. All right, and today we're going to be closing out that series, and I hope that what we've talked about in these last few weeks has really helped you put some things in place according to what God wants to do in your life. Some of the things that I've mentioned in this series, and if you're here for the first time, by the way, I am Pastor Chris, and I have the honor and privilege of pastoring the most amazing church in South Florida. Anybody here this morning? All right, and just in case, all right? In this series, we've mentioned a couple of things about what habits are. And we said that we usually form our habits, but eventually our habits end up forming us. You build a habit, and that habit just starts to become something so strong in you that it starts to shape you. And it starts to dictate the way that we behave. Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. What are those things that we repeatedly do? A lot of things. Some people are like, Pastor, I can't get my day off without coffee. And that's a habit. I was talking to somebody the other day that if they don't drink coffee by X amount of time, they have a headache the whole day. What happened? It became a habit. Any coffee drinkers out there this morning? Come on, people. All right. <laughs> so I said that we all have, listen to this, we all have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. Oh, we all have hope. And usually at the beginning of the year, you know, we all make these resolutions. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go in this direction. I'm going to make this decision. And we get to July and it seems like it's an, it happened in a land far, far away. It's like Shrek. You know, anybody ever seen Shrek? <laughs> it happened in a land far, far, far away. Like, I forgot those commitments, those things that I wanted to do. They were hopes. But what happens? We all have uphill hopes, but our tendencies are always what? Downhill. That's why what we're talking to you about in the series, listen to this, it's not impossible because God could help you. Amen, my brother right there. It's not impossible. God could help you. But it's difficult. But nobody ever said the Christian life was going to be easy. Nobody ever said that following Jesus was going to be easy. So some of these things that we're talking about, okay, it is difficult. But let me tell you something. Nothing worthwhile in life comes easy. Nothing worthwhile in life, nothing worth dying for comes easy. Oh man, but once you've achieved it, once it becomes life in you, all of a sudden it's like, man, it's worth the price. It's worth the pain. It's worth what you went through. Just a couple of days ago was Ethan's birthday, right, Pastor Max? Ethan, how old did you turn? 11 years old. And I still remember visiting you at the hospital when you were born. Don't even say your age next time I ask you, man. I just feel old. 11 years old, Ethan. I thought it was last week that I visited you guys in the hospital. Now, a lady 
okay, when she is with that belly walking around and she is struggling to get up in the morning, you know, and she's struggling to get in the car and to get into bed and she has all that uncomfort and all that. But all of a sudden when that baby is born, she forgets about everything. When she carries that baby, I remember when all four of my kids were placed in my wife's arms, all of a sudden everything that she went through just was gone. That's what happens when you start to develop these habits and you start to see the fruit of good habits. It was hard to get there, but you know what? It produces a great joy inside of us. So just a little recap. Our main verse in this series has been Romans 12, verse 2. And I've been reading this from the Message Bible. By the way, some people have been asking me, Pastor, where did you get that verse? The Message Bible all right, was written by Eugene Peterson. He went to be with the Lord some years ago. And what he did, he was pastoring a church, and his church used to use the old King James Bible, and he felt that some of his young people didn't understand what the King James said. How many young people say amen to that? And old people as well, all right? Because I remember in my, in my old school, if it wasn't King James, God was not speaking. And I was like, I don't know in what language God is speaking. If this is a love letter, this is the weirdest love letter I've read in my life. Thou and die and all this. I'm like, God, you're so weird. So Eugene Peterson rewrote the Bible in a paraphrase. Easy to understand for children and youth and all that. So it's not actual text. All right. But in the message... Romans 12, 2 says this, it says, fix your attention on God. Isn't that what we're called to do, guys, to fix our attention on God? If we're going to get anything done, how is it going to be? We need to fix our attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what he wants you to do and quickly responding to it. Unlike the culture around you, what happens to our culture is always going downhill. Always going downhill. What does it do? When it goes downhill, it drags you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you. That's what I believe God wants to do in you. And that's what we believe as a church that God wants to do in you. Bring out the best in you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. And that's what he wants to do through this series. Tell, Tell the person next to you, God wants to mature you. Let's do it in a humble way, all right? Because it is a big statement. God wants to mature you. You're not calling the person immature, but, all right, it's avocado season. Anybody enjoying avocados out there? Oh, man, I love avocados. And I remember my old man when he wanted to eat an avocado and it wasn't yet ripe, it wasn't yet mature. You know what he used to do? He'd get aluminum foil. And he would put the avocado in aluminum foil for like two days. And all of a sudden, he would open And what had happened? It had matured. So through these series and these teachings, I'm not saying the Lord is putting aluminum foil around you, all right? But he wants to mature you because he wants to produce a life that comes out of you. But the only way that happens is when you are mature. So the three habits that we've touched so far, week one, we spoke about focus on what I do first. And we talked about the power of first. What what happens when you you make God first? What are the first things that we do? That was the first, and if you missed that, man, go to our YouTube channel, go to Spotify, iTunes, listen to it. The second habit, my wife spoke about controlling our thoughts. I need to control my thoughts. A lot of stuff happens between your ears. (laughs) 
A lot of stuff is happening between your ears right now while I'm talking to you. Somebody here is like, Pastor, come on, you're doing a great work. Some people are like, man, Pastor, you're taking long. Another like, come on, let's get to the message of today. Stop doing a recap. A lot of stuff is going on in here. Our thoughts. Habit number three, which was last week, all right, keeping my life aligned with my purpose. And we spoke about our purpose and how we align our lives to that. Habit number four. We're going to close out our series today, all right? And the topic that we're going to speak about today, the habit that I want to help you form, choose your relationships correctly. Choose your relationships wisely, choosing relationships carefully. And I think that this one here is so important. Relationships. Say with me, relationships. All right, relationships. You know that God created us for relationships. I've been up here in this pulpit and I said, the Lord said, it's not good for men to be alone. And he was talking about creating a helpmate for Adam, but that is a principle of relationship. We were created to be in relationship with people. We're created to be in relationship. You are the sum total of all the relationships that you've had in your life. When you look back at your life and you look at the relationships you have and you look at where you're at now, you are the sum total of all those relationships. What they've poured into you, the way they've shaped you, the things that they've said. So your relationship decisions are the most important decisions you'll ever make. Your relationship decisions are the most important decisions you'll ever make. Number one is your relationship with God. Most important decision you ever make. Who are you going to marry? Most important decisions you ever make. Who are you going to walk with? Who's going to pour into you? Who's going to speak to you on behalf of God? Who are the people that are going to be able to shape me? All of these are relationship decisions. Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands, he says something that impacted me so much. He said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. Who are those people that are around you? What do they tell you? How do they shape you? The book of Proverbs, all right, is a book of wisdom in the Bible. And one of the things that I heard from Reverend Billy Graham many years ago is that he would read a psalm a day and a proverb a day. And he said, Psalms helps me in my relationship with God. Proverbs helps me in my relationship with people. And the book of Proverbs is filled, okay, with God's wisdom about what? About relationships. For example, Proverbs 12, 26. Proverbs 12, 26. NIV. Look at what it says. The righteous, say with me, the righteous. All right, that's you. All right, and if you don't think I'm talking to you, you're the righteous today in Jesus' name. All right? The righteous choose their friends carefully. You got to choose your friends how, church? Say with me, carefully. Choose carefully. It says, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. 
So we're talking about choosing what? Choosing friends, choosing the people we're going to do life with, choosing who our tribe is going to be, choosing who are those people that, that we open up to. Proverbs 18.24, another interesting one. It says this, they are friends, and it puts it like in quotations, all right? They are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. So there's some people that you have around you that you consider them your friend. That's not going to be helpful. That's why the Bible even puts it in quotations. Those are destructive relationships. We're going to look into that as we get deeper into the message. But it says, but there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. People that are going to be there even in the hardest moments, in the hardest times. And then for all you Latins that are here this morning, I have to say one of the, the sayings of my grandma, and I'm going to say this in Spanish. Mi abuela decía, dime con quien anda y te diré quien eres. Anybody heard that one before? Tell me with you who you hang with, and I'm going to tell you who you are. That's a good old school saying. I remember my, my grandma telling me that when I would show up with some of my friends at home. My grandma didn't like some of my friends growing up. Like, mijo, ven acá, come here. Dime con quien anda. I'm like, what does that mean? You know, when you're like 17, like, I don't want to hear this. Let me do my thing, you know? So we choose the people we relate with. Their choices. Say with me, choices. Their choices we make. The people that we hang out with, these are choices that we make. So in the first part of my message today, in this first part, I want to give you four relationship choices that we all need to make. Four relationship choices that we all need to make. And this habit will change your life like no other. All right? By the way, the habits that I'm giving to you in this series are godly habits. Maybe you're like, Pastor, I thought you were going to talk to us about the habit of eating right. Pastor, I thought you were going to talk to us about the habit of exercising. Pastor, I thought you were going to give us about this habit or that habit. No, 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 no. I'm trying to give you godly habits that within these godly habits, all these other things fall into place. Number one, this is one relationship choice that we need to make. Number one, nurture my important relationships. Oh, that's a choice that we need to make. We need to nurture our important relationships. Let me tell you something. Relationships take time. Say with me, they take time. Relationships take what? They take time. They don't just bloom out of nothing. No, you need to do what? You need to invest into them. You need to give them time. You need to cultivate them. Relationships just don't happen overnight. You need to pour into it. Sometimes you look at the neighbor's grass, you know, and you see it like, oh, nice. Anybody ever had that happen to you? You look at the neighbor's garden, and then you look at your garden, and you're like, what in the world is happening in my garden? Why does the grass always look greener on the other side? You know what it has to do with? Cultivating. Because if the grass is greener on the other side, I could guarantee you that their water bill is also higher than yours. <laughs> They've cultivated and that's the way of building relationships. What do you have to do if you're going to nurture it? You need to cultivate it. You need to give it time, time for your relationship with God. Time for your relationship with your spouse. Time with the relationship with your kids. You know, I've had people come to me throughout the years and say, Pastor, you know, I remember that, you know, with my wife, when I used to see her, there used to be a fire inside of me. 
I used to see her, and man, my heart was a, but all of a sudden, that fire is completely gone. I had no problem with the relationship. The problem has to do with the cultivating or the maintaining of the relationship. That's like if you see a fireplace. Problem's not with the fireplace. The problem is if you're putting the, the logs in there and putting the newspaper in there, and if you're fanning it and doing everything that you need to do in order to keep the fireplace going. A lot of us want to throw away the relationship. No, it has nothing to do with the person. It has to do with the cultivating and maintaining the relationship. My man, where are the guys at this morning? Man, all right, listen to this. You always got to keep dating your wife. You can't stop dating your wife. I remember all the guys, you know, we used to promise a hundred things when we were trying to conquer our wives. And then we conquered them and all those hundred things went down to like two, you know. It's like, and you know what? I still, you know, talk tenderly to my wife. I still tell my wife, babe, you are the best thing that has happened in my life. We still go out on date nights. We still spend time together. We still date. I still tell people, I've never stopped dating my wife. She's the person that I love to spend the most time with. You need to do what you need to cultivate it. To keep that relationship going. Because if not, you know what happens? You start to pull apart. You start to pull apart. Look what 1 Peter 4 Verse 7 and 8 says, The end of all things is near. He's talking about coming of the end of the world. Okay, it says, The coming of the end of all things is near. Therefore, be, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply. How do we need to love each other? Deeply. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. So you need to cultivate those relationships that really matter in your life. You need to give them priority. Parents that are here, you got to give priority to your kids, especially now in summer. They're home, and every day they wake up, they're like, what are we going to do today? I'm like, I don't know, you know? And after like three days after school ended and hearing the same question every day, what are we going to do today? I told my wife, we better be doing something today, man. These guys are going to be driving me crazy with these questions. And you know what? We need to make them a priority. If you're too busy, I want to tell you something. It's not their fault. I just want to say that. If you're too busy to spend time with those that you should be spending time with and loving, it's not their fault. You got to make time for them. Sometimes I get home super tired and I've had a long day. And the other day I had two of my little ones waiting and saying, daddy, can we go into the pool? And I'm like, I want to go into my shower and go straight to bed. You know, it's like, I am beat. And they were so hyped and everything. We go in the pool. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to go change. I sleepwalked to where my bathing suit was, you know? And I put it on. And when I, once I was in the pool and I was with them, after five minutes, I was having a great time with them. And I even forgot that I was tired and stuff like that. What was I doing? I was cultivating my relationship with them and making time for them. Don't abandon your important relationships because of time. All right? Number two, 
Write this down. Restore my broken relationships. This is another relationship choice that you need to make. Restore my broken relationships. What do I want to talk about? I want to talk about the importance of forgiveness. Because I know that we all have relationships in our lives that at one point they were close, but things happened. Life happened. Situations happened. And a lot of times what we need to do is that we need to forgive. Jesus spoke about forgiveness a lot. When I look at his main sermons, when I look at the Lord's prayer, you see the ingredient of forgiveness right in there. And you're like, why does the Lord talk so much about forgiveness? Listen, as I was preparing this message, I was praying about this. And I was asking Jesus, why is forgiveness so important? And you know what the Holy Spirit started to show me? That the enemy tried to take ground in our life by using relationship, by using people to hurt us, to wound us, to mark us, so that, listen to this, so that we would withdraw. So that we would be alone. So that we don't want to be around people because every time that I'm vulnerable, somebody comes and just, every time that I trust, every time that this happens, something, somebody just comes and makes the wound deeper. And it's been a strategy of the enemy so that we withdraw when God created us to be in relationship. So Jesus says, you must do what? You must forgive. You must forgive. Why? So that you keep your heart intact. So that you continue believing. You continue trusting. You know that I'm a type of person that I, I rather believe at face value. Now, women are amazing. Women have a sixth sense. You know, when my wife says, be careful with that person. I'm like, oh, babe, don't worry about it. You know, God's working in them. And that's what you do as a pastor. You always say, God's working in them. God's got it. He goes, be careful. Every time, man, you can put your two cents on that thing. Right, Martha? Martha's saying, I do the same thing with me. I just see it when you're looking your face. Women have a sixth sense that are amazing. But you know what I've decided to do? Every day I decide to forgive those that hurt, those that have wounded me, those that have let me down. I decide to do what? I decide to forgive. You know why? Because look at what Colossians 3.15 says. I mean, 3.13, I'm sorry. Make allowance for each other's faults. Make allowance for each other's faults. A lot of times we have little allowance for people's faults. And the Bible says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. And this is the key. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. Isn't that crazy how Paul just throws that in there? Hey, I need you to forgive. Why? Remember how the Lord forgave you. I'm like, oh, man, you, can't, you just pulled that one on me? If You're kidding me, man. Remember how the Lord forgave you. How many of us need the Lord's forgiveness every day? So if you and I need the Lord's forgiveness, you know what we need to be doing? We need to be forgiving. Because I need the Lord to forgive me. And I don't want to block that. So what do I need to do to keep it going? Well, you need to show mercy. You need to show compassion. You need to use forgiveness. Number three. Third relationship choice, 
Sever any harmful relationships. Sever any harmful relationships. Now, this is not, all right, wife that you're here, don't go home and say, pastor says I need to cut this relationship. No, do not do that. Pastor did not say that. (laughs) It's like, get me in trouble with your husband. Do not do that. I have a bunch of husbands coming and looking. Are you the pastor that said that? No, I was not. (laughs) But we have to sever any harmful relationships. Why? Because a lot of us have relationships in our lives that are no good. A lot of us have relationships in our life that are not helping us advance relationships that in reality, what they do is that they pull us down. And we get to a point of codependence that we think that if I let that relationship go, I'm going to die. No, you're not. You're not going to die if you let that person go. You're not going to die if you never call them again or text them again. But we think that, and you know that that is not helping you. You know, a lot of people have gotten in trouble with social media. You guys know that? Well, we've heard some stories of social media. Facebook and Instagram, oh, you know, I found my high school sweetheart on Facebook and I reached out to her and I, we hadn't talked in 18 years, but all of a sudden, you know, I felt again that same feeling that I used to have. The problem is that now you're married and you have kids. You know, and we just started talking and all of a sudden... I asked her, remember when we used to talk and all this? And all of a sudden, it starts to become a flirtatious relationship on social media. Some of you guys need to cut that out. Some of you guys need to get away from that. The other day, I heard of a story that I just freaked out when I heard that story. So this guy reaches out to a person on social media, starts talking to them, a girl, and starts flirting with her. You're not going to believe it. His wife started to do the same thing at the same time. She started to reach out to somebody on social media and started to flirt with this guy. And all of a sudden, both of them are flirting with somebody else behind each other's back. They both set up a date time to go visit this person. And you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you. When they show up at the date time, it was the guy's wife. He was flirting with his own wife, thinking that he was talking to somebody else. And the wife was flirting with him, thinking that she was talking to somebody else. And when they showed up at the restaurant, it was themselves. You imagine how crazy that is? True story, by the way. You know what ended up happening? They ended up divorcing because they were flirting with each other, thinking it was somebody else. Don't try this at home, kids. (laughs) <laughs> you got to sever that. You, and you know, before I worked at church, I remember some of the guys in the office, you know, hanging around the lunch, lunchroom, talking to some of the ladies. And some of those ladies were married. But some of the guys were there trying to talk to them. You got to cut that out. Or if you do it at the gym, you don't need to be involved in no flirtatious relationship. Cut that out. Things that are not Letting you walk in what God has for you, that's a dangerous path. And if you want some homework, I'm going to give you some homework. Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. (laughs) Three chapters of the Bible. Talk about the dangerous path of the adulterous woman. 
And if you are a minister, you want to be a pastor one day in your life, man, I recommend that you read this at least once a month and go through it. You know, a lot of times I think of the fallout if I was to do something stupid. I've seen so many things happen in my years walking with the Lord and men of God, you know, that were serving God faithfully and then they did something stupid and everything went sideways and just everything fell. So I think about these things. And learning from one of my pastors, Pastor Larry, when he travels, you know what he does? In his TV, in his room, he puts a picture of his wife and his kids and grandchildren right in the middle of the TV screen. He puts it with a scotch tape every time he travels. He goes, whenever I think I'm turning on that TV and watching something, I have a picture of my wife, my kids, and my grandkids right there in the middle of that. What is it talking about? Taking care of yourself. Growing up, there was a song from DC Talk said, what if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I lose my step and make a fool of us all? Will the love continue? Oh, man, it's a dangerous path. So we need to be wise. What are the relationships we need to cut? And if you say, Pastor, but that person's in my job, change jobs. (laughs) That person's in my neighborhood, move and change your phone number. Oh, but I'm going to lose all my contacts. I don't care. Change your phone number. Move with your mama if you have to. Go to mama and cry, mama, I need your help. Don't let those relationships ruin you. God wants to do something in your life. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wiser. Associate with the fool and get in trouble. How many are playing the fool out there? Getting in trouble. The Bible says, be careful. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Number four. Initiate some meaningful relationships. That's a choice we need to make. I want to challenge you, church, to initiate some meaningful relationships. If you want to initiate meaningful relationships, guys, you need to do something about it. Mentors, leaders, people that you want them to pour into your life. I remember when I was starting to walk in relationship with Pastor Marco Barrientos, and he told me, I need you to come to Dallas. I was like, you need me to go where? He goes, I need you to come to Dallas. I want to spend a week with you and your wife. I was like, all right. I had to invest time. We had to invest money. We had to put the kids with somebody. But in order, okay, a lot of times for us to get involved in some meaningful relationships, we're going to have to make decisions. But we all need, okay, listen to this that I'm going to tell you. We all need meaningful relationships in our life. We need that habit. I'm going to tell this to you this way. If every time that you walk into a room, you're the smartest person, you need to have mentors over you. If every time you walk into a room, you're the person that knows the most, you need people to speak into your life. You need to engage in some meaningful relationships. I love sitting down with Pastor Kirk. Because every time I sit down with Pastor Kirk, I feel like I don't know anything. I sit down with him and it's like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in elementary school. I'm like, can you say that again? (laughs) And I just literally, I have videos. I'm like, can I record this that you said? Because I I need to remember it just like you said. I don't want to change a word on it. Can you stop right there? We need that in our lives. Meaningful relationships. 
Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up meeting each other, as some are in the habit of doing. He was talking about congregating, coming to church, having those meaningful relationships. And he says, some are in the habit of not doing this anymore. You see, we all have downward tendencies, and we have to fight against it. Some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Meaningful relationships. My men, I've been talking to the men this morning. Men, you guys are here? All right. Our next event here at NUMA, and we don't do events to do events. I want you guys to know this. When we do an event here, I see it as part of a process to continue working and what we're doing in the flow of the church. Our next event here at NUMA is our men's conference. All right, and it's coming up now in the month of September. I actually wore my kingdom men from the last time that we gathered last year in our conference. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to be launching the registration date for that. But the men's conference is coming up September 23 and 24. Why am I telling you this? Because, men, we need meaningful relationships in our lives. You know how guys are, oh, I don't need people, you know, I could do it alone. Eh, yeah, that's the way that we are. We're wired like that. I could do it alone. But we need men in our lives. We need other men. Well, my time is finishing. When I start hearing sounds, books start dropping, you know, people going to the bathroom. Let me make you guys happier. Worship team, you guys can come up. <laughs> so that you guys are like, okay, pastor's going to wrap this up. <laughs> so how do I initiate the right relationships? This is the practical part of the message. I'm going to give it to you in five minutes. Write this down. How do I initiate the right relationships? I want you guys to master these habits. So how do I master the habit of choosing carefully the relationships in my life? Number one, these are four relationships that you should initiate. Write this down. Develop my relationship with my church. Develop, listen to this, my relationship with my church. And I put the word my there on purpose. Say with me, my church. Say it again, my church. Okay, it's important that you think that it's not Pastor Chris's church. It's my church. Let that marinate there for a second. This is your church. What does your church says that you belong? That you're part of the family? That there's a place for you? It's your church. Is your family. It is your house. What does that mean? That you take care of it. You nurture it. I, I want to say something, and I don't want this to get me in trouble, but this is the way that I think about it. I don't want you just to be a member. I want you to own a church. What do you mean by that, Pastor Chris? I want you to own this place. I want you to own this family. These are my brothers. These are my sisters. These are the people that God has put in my life. This is our place of worship. Because when you're a member, you know what you think? Oh, they pay for somebody else to pick that up. 
When you are a member at a, at a gym or at a club and you see something dirty, like, oh, somebody's going to come because I pay my membership for somebody to take care of that. But when it's your house, you're not waiting for nobody to come to pick anything up. You go ahead and you pick it up and you throw it away. You take ownership. So this week I come to the Dream Team gathering and I see some chairs moved around and I see one chair on top of the other. I'm like, well, that's weird. I wonder why that chair is on top of the other chair. And when I go and look, it had gums that were stuck to it. One of these chairs had gums that were stuck to it in the bottom. So how many of you guys go home and stick gum in the bottom of your sofa? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody has gum stuck in the bottom of your sofa? No, right? So why do we stick gums in the bottom of these chairs? We pay these chairs with our tithes and our offering. And the people that have been here for a while know how long it took us to get these chairs. <laughs> Let's take care of it. Let's take care because it's my church. It's my church. Now, you want to be a part of this family? You want to be a part of it? You're new here. You want to be a part of it? I want to encourage you to go and do your growth track. It's a four-step process for you to become part of this family. Actually, in step one is where you actually fill out your card, you know, and you, know, you become a member, but I don't want you to be a member. I want you to be an owner. <laughs> Ephesians 2.19 says, so you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the holy ones with all the rights as family members. Say with me, family members. You're a family member. You're a family member of the household of God. And if you think that you're here, you've been coming, you're like, man, I don't think this is my tribe. I don't think this is my church. Hey, come and talk to me. I know more than a dozen pastors in the cities. I could place you in a good church. I have people that have come to me and say, Pastor, I'm moving to Miami Lakes. Where can I find a good church? I'm like, man, I know like three over there. Let me put you in contact with somebody. I'm not trying to hoard up the whole thing. But wherever you go, you need to belong where you go. You need to belong where you go. Write this down. Develop my relationship with godly friends. Develop my relationship with godly friends. That's why Numa is a church of small groups. Natalia, I'm going to give a shout out to you back there. I know that you don't like this. But Natalia is one of our amazing small group leaders. And Natalia leads a small group for women that have gone through abortions. And she does a fantastic job. That small group flies under the radar. But every semester she says, Pastor, I'm available to teach this group. And I have a letter that one of the ladies that just went through that group wrote me. And that lady says, first of all, she, by the way, she wrote it anonymous. I don't need to know who she is, but I enjoy what it says here. It says, first of all, I want to give thanks to God for guiding me and leading me to this church where they do these wonderful groups so that they could help me understand and guide me as a person. I want to thank God for Natalia and Margarita's life because they were the people that helped guide me to find freedom in a process that was very hurtful from a long-time abortion. Through this course, 
I've been able to set my soul free and understand that God has forgiven me, that he is a God of mercy and love. And I understand that if I go after him with all my heart, he would heal me. Thank you for being there and helping me through my healing. I share that I have been dealing with this for 15 years in secret, and the pain was very hard. I never shared it with anybody, but through this group, now I feel peace, and I know that God has forgiven me. Thanks from the bottom of my heart. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about when I say develop a relationship with godly friends. People that will take you at face value and walk with you. We're all broken people, guys. And you guys at home too, by the way. I know you guys are not here and I don't get to poke at you. But you guys are broken the same way that I'm broken. Don't write on the chat, I am broken. No, say, I am being healed. That's what you got to write. I am being healed in Jesus' name. Acts 2.44 says, All the believers continued together in close fellowship and shared their belongings with one another. And just write these last two things down, and I close. Develop my relationship with a team. Develop my relationship with a team. Life is better in a team. Yesterday, my little son had his last basketball game of the season. They were one game away from the championship. He's not here, so I got to say this. I was praying that he would play great, but that they wouldn't win. Why? Because the championship game would have been today at 12 o'clock during the second service. So I was like, and he was like, Dad, if I make it to the championship, are you going to go to my game? I'm like, bro, I got to preach at 12 o'clock. How do I do this? So I told Lord, let him play great. But I need them to somehow not make it to the championship. That's a whack time. So he played great, but they didn't win. So I'll be preaching at 12 o'clock today. He got over it in a little bit. I took him to the beach. He was swimming. He had forgotten about the game and everything. So he's good. So we got, oh, we need to do a healing on JJ. No, he's doing great. <laughs> but what am I saying? He loves being with his team. Like, Daddy, do I have practice today? I want to go see my friends. I want to be part of the team. I want to encourage you to join the team here at Numa. It's called the Dream Team. And we do life together. And we figure things out together. And we serve God together. And it's amazing to do life with a team. And the last one, and I'll close with this, develop my relationship with God. Isn't that why we're here? We're here to develop our relationship with who? With him. And I want to close with Jeremiah 29, 13, because I think it's very fitting. This is what Papa God says this morning. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Isn't that beautiful? If you look to me, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God is not far from any of us. He actually wants you to go and seek him. And he promises not to play hide and seek with you. He promises that if you go after him, what are you going to do? You're going to find him. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at this morning.
Let's draw near to him right now. Let's draw near to Papa God. Just right there where you're at. You can open your hands to him and say, Lord, I know that you love me. I know that you forgive me. I know that you're inviting me to a closer relationship with you. Say, I'm coming. Daddy God, I'm coming. I'm coming, Lord. And let's have a moment with him right there. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.